0: Hey guys, I am so excited to take you on a journey through my meanderings in my brain today. Yep, we are going through my stream of consciousness of some things that Holy Spirit has put on my heart. So we're not talking news today, guys. We're just going deep with God. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey, guys. Okay, so today I want to chat a little bit about what Holy Spirit is revealing to me, and just some things I've been pondering, so a little less specific news, a little more Wendy's thoughts as processed through my perspective. Of course, this week has been super crazy and busy, and I'm trying to wrap up the school year for with my kids, which has been, yesterday was supposed to be my worst case scenario final day of school, and I still have like six days left of school, and I'm traveling this coming week, so that'll be fun and interesting, but all that to say, it's fine because I'm still early, I get it, but I like to finish around spring break. Because, I don't know about you, but I realize that my kids, as soon as it gets sunny outside, are over it. They do not want to pay attention to me. They do not want to do school. There's a lot more tears. And because I can see the finish line, I feel like my patience gets thinner somehow. So needless to say, that's why I try to end the year earlier. And yes, I do actually start the year earlier. Just because by the end of July... My kids are pretty much bored and ready to start school, and it's getting super hot here at the end of July and August, so they're now over being outside and want to be inside. Just wanted to fill you guys in on our homeschool schedule, because that matters to you probably zero, but now you know. So the reason why I was talking about how busy this week has been, I have just been really blessed with this new opportunity that the Lord is opening up, and I don't know where it's going to go or what it's going to mean. But I have been a guest on loads of podcasts recently. Gosh, um, three yesterday, and then two the day before, and one every other day of the week. I've recorded, um, and I have more in the coming weeks. Like just a lot of schedules for to appear as a guest on other people's podcast, which I'm just really enjoying meeting new people and and. Talking my perspective through with others, and uh, primarily, I'm being asked to speak in regards to my book, which is called "What If You're Wrong," about my journey from atheism to Christianity. And the reason, you know, I'm being asked to share my my journey and perspective in that capacity is I do feel that my journey is a little bit unique in that there's not that many people who, well, maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. My thought is there are not that many true atheists. There's a lot of people who grew up in church and left church, but they they left church because they're mad at God or they're rejecting God in some way, but it's not because they don't believe God is not there. It's just a denial or a rebellion against God that they then declare atheism, which isn't really atheism, but in my case, atheism... um, you know, came from an inherited set of beliefs, if you will, from my grandmother and my family, you know, my mom and and dad. And, you know, atheism isn't foundational. Christianity is foundational. Atheism is not foundational. Atheism is a lack of foundation, if anything. And, you know, one of the questions I always get is, what's it like to grow up as an atheist? I'm like, well, it's kind of like not a thing. You don't even think about it. It's just like, imagine all your thoughts about God. Now take those out of the picture. Any prayer? Nope. Any church? Any any Wednesday nights? Small groups? Bible studies? Any of that? Nope, nope, nope. No Bible in my home. No exposure. No understanding. You know? And a big fat eye roll. Anytime God or religion or anything was brought up because I just didn't believe it was even possible that that was real, right? So I do have a different journey and... and the fact that most people evangelize with the gospel, which in fairness is what we're meant to do, right? We're meant to share the gospel of Jesus and make disciples of Jesus. But in my case, because I didn't believe in God, I most certainly didn't believe that Jesus was the son of the God I didn't believe in. So the gospel of Jesus wasn't going to resonate with me. And The Bible and any verses you might quote or point to as evidence of my salvation or lack thereof was not going to land on me either because I didn't believe in that as the word of the God that I didn't believe in. So my journey to Christ was different and unusual and had to start at the very beginning of creation and it it constituted a whole lot of destruction of my past beliefs. And so a lot of people are curious about what that looks like, and a lot of people want to know what my husband did in his approach to talking to me about the Lord, and it was different, and I don't think he had an intentional plan. It just kind of manifested as we walked in our relationship. But all that to say, that's why I wrote my book, and I hope that you guys have read it or will read it and uh, it's on my website gainingmyperspective.com. It's also on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever else you want to get a book. I also recorded the audiobook in case you just don't have time to read because I only basically listen to audiobooks and I read about one physical book every couple of months because it takes me so long to read a physical book. But I tried to make it as available as possible and my intentionality behind writing the book was to help people who are In the process of the journey I was on, which is to try to understand who God is and and what this all means and how do you prove it? How do you prove faith? How do you prove God? How do you prove Jesus? How do you, you know, prove the Bible is real and historical and all of those things I go through in the book? But also as a tool for Christians to help talk to people about their faith because it is not a one size fits all evangelism journey and it can be tricky and hard and it it is not usually one conversation that does the trick and it's not usually one, let me invite you to church and they wind up at the altar. You know, it is a journey, it is a process and it can be really hard emotionally and devastating and traumatic to walk through understanding that all the things you thought you knew for sure are not true Um, and and what that means in terms of eternity for people you love um, who are not on that journey towards salvation, right? So anyway, I wanted to share with you just a little bit about what I've been talking to other podcasters about in terms of my perspective and my journey and that there is a resource there. Um, and if you are interested in hearing some of these interviews, it's been really fun to talk about um, with all these different podcasters and their different platforms and and how the conversation manifests. Make sure you are subscribed to my newsletter, which I'll link down below. But it's also, if you go to gainingmyperspective.com, you will you can't miss the pot, the newsletter and how to sign up for it. I'm not annoying with it. It's like once every other month I send a newsletter, but I, I link the podcasts I've been a guest on and kind of what we talked about in case those conversations are um, interesting to you or in case those other podcasts are interesting to you with the the content that other hosts are putting out I think this is a time to support um, you know Christians support the endeavors of those who are standing in the gap to try to share truth to try to evangelize in this very dark and um, unfriendly towards evangelism world, if you will. So I share all that to say. The last conversation I had with a podcaster just, um, uh, not last night, but the night before, was um, a man in Southern California, and he is actually inviting me to be a part of his app called God Powered. And I will keep you guys in the loop on what how that unfolds and manifests. But essentially, he was kind of sharing with me his journey about being ripped out of his lifestyle um, due to attacks of the enemy, basically. He was a very successful um, financial and wealth management uh, expert over many, many years and had a, a extremely large clientele over many continents. And he had spoken at many, many churches um, across the globe and through the process of just, you know, I don't want to divulge too much of his story, but massive enemy attacks he basically was plucked out of that lifestyle and and a lot of things were pulled away from him that were given to him by God and we had you know our conversation basically moved in the direction of you know he was asking me what would be my call for Christians in this season in this time and we were walking through some some of the things that I think You know, things like to stand in truth, to live not by lies, to proclaim the truth of the gospel, to dive into your Bibles. Oh, if that's not a call for the Christian, for the Christian church or for people at large, just pick up a Bible, start reading it. There's so much truth there. There's so much direction. There's so much freedom in the truth of God, guys. Oh my gosh. There's so much clarity on what we're walking through right now and where the enemy is just on full frontal attack. Because the things that the secular world are struggling with are the things that God gave very specific direction on. So it's funny that even if you don't, you know, if you're not a believer, you're still walking through the same deceptions the enemy has put forth for you. And the fact that you're not a believer is why you're falling for them so much. And I don't say you, you're like we all, right? I say you, us, like we are all falling into these traps. But if you're not a believer, it's you don't have the anchor of truth to keep you out of those traps, right? But that's not to say that we won't fall into them because I have most certainly fallen into the traps of the enemy. But that's, I digress, right? Those are some of my calls to the Christian church. But I said something that really stuck out to him that um, I'm gonna start to build on and I wanted to share with you guys. And I said the word untethering. I feel like there is a massive untethering in the Christian church for um, untethering of things of the world. And he, he said, oh, 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 that's it. That's the thing. That's it. That's exactly it. And so we started to kind of unpack that a little bit more because I've even before that with my husband and I, the night before I had this interview with this gentleman, we started to talk about, you know, letting go of some of the things in the natural that, you know, we've we've I've talked to you guys about that over the last two years. We have been really letting go of things in the natural so as to not have them ripped out of our hands and cause us to stumble because that's what happens when you're holding tightly to something and it is taken from you you don't surrender it it is taken from you you are stumbling now you are stumbling over uh, uh, why lord why there's grief there's there's um you know a, a searching for answers there's a pause in your forward momentum because you're now wondering why that was taken and and you're having to, you know, untether after the fact because it was ripped away as opposed to you surrendering it and giving it right and holding things of the world with an open hand. And let me be very frank, Christian's are not much better at holding the world with an open hand than the secular world is. I'm including myself in this. I love to travel. I love to travel and see God's creation and experience different cultures. And I see that as a blessing and a gift from God. I don't see it as something of the world. But when I hold on to it tightly and refuse to let it go, it becomes a thing of the world. It can become something idol, idol worshipy, right? When I'm like... Um, And I watched people I love make decisions based on their desire to continue to travel that perhaps they wouldn't have made that decision if they would have been open-handed about traveling. And maybe I'm talking about mandates or medications that people took so that they could keep traveling. And then what's funny, like I said in the last podcast, is I have friends who held very like open-handed to traveling. They just were like, I'm going to keep traveling. I'm not going to take the job. I'm just going to keep doing the thing. And they never had to actually let go of any of their their traveling lifestyle because they were very open-handed with it. So I knew because I was very close-handed and wanted very much, like I I really loved traveling. I, I, was, I felt a conviction that I needed to open my hand around that and be like, Lord, I'm going to give it to you for a season because I don't trust myself to stay true to my convictions or the things that you're you're showing me if I hold really closely to the things I want to be doing. I'm not going to be able to hear as clearly what you want me to be doing, right? I hope this is making sense. This is a little bit of stream of consciousness with y'all right now. But this untethering, right? And he is, you know, this gentleman I was talking about this with was obviously walking very much. He's on the other side of it now and feeling like he's he's you know, um, coming to terms with God gave this lifestyle to him and God took away this lifestyle from him. It was always God and he doesn't know why yet, but he's surrendered and yes, there's grief in it and yes, there's sadness when you have to step out of your dream house and step out of your your you know, a lifestyle that allows for so many things that you then have to give back or surrender or, you know, he's moving out of California to the Midwest and that's not where he wants to be, but he believes that's where God's leading him. So he's surrendering his own will so that, you know, he can really walk in what God has. And I thought, oh man, I have heard that story so many times. My husband being a real estate agent here in Middle Tennessee, we are just, on the receiving end of so many stories of families who are being untethered from where they have built their entire lives. We've had two families from Hawaii, We're talking about actual Hawaiians who have always lived on the islands, whose families, families, families have lived on the islands, who are for the first time their generation deciding to leave the islands and move to the mainland, not because they want to, but because they feel like God is calling them to do it, not because that's their heart's desire. Are you kidding? I mean, if you've always lived on the islands, like, can you imagine what a life that would be, how unique that would be, and how very, very different... It would be to, to move to middle Tennessee where you are not near an ocean, let alone living the island lifestyle. And I, I'm just in awe at these Christians, these families, all of them Christians, the great, great majority, very, very few, are not just devout, that are are feeling this prompting from the Lord to untether from what they have always known, untether from lifestyles that they chose and love. And oftentimes, to this gentleman's story felt God had given them, right? Careers, jobs, callings that they felt God had given them that now they're being asked to put down or or hold more open-handedly, right? We're talking about um, leaving family behind, leaving, you know, established kids in school, great public schools, great private schools that they're now being called out of churches that are thriving that they're being called out of right just all of these things and i'm i'm looking at the church at large and i'm saying there is a great untethering there's a great untethering and oh this is where i went on a tangent but my husband and i were talking the day before i and i interviewed with this gentleman about untethering from some things in in the natural in our life here on our farm and what that looks like because we feel really, really blessed to have um, 84 acres at the end of a dead-end road, right? There's never been a better time to have 84 acres at the end of a dead-end road, right? You might think. I certainly feel that way. I'm very, very grateful. And it was so hard. I had to untether from so many things to get to where I am now. And that was before there was a great untethering going on, right, this was five, six years ago when I lived on a golf course in a huge house in a community I loved, at a church that I loved, with friends that I loved, in mountains that I loved, and God was saying, I want you to walk away from all that, and I was like, oh, I believe that you have something really good on the other side, but this is hard to let these things go. I am so sad about it, right? But what's funny is, when we were looking at moving out here, we really had this desire to have 40 acres or more. 40 acres or more. And obviously we ended up on 84 acres, but I was reminded recently, because we're, we're talking about maybe, um, you know, selling some of our land to pay off our note on our mortgage, right, and what that would look like. And of course we don't want to do that in the natural. Of course we don't want to do that in the natural. No part of me wants to give up land Especially in a time where I feel like, oh my gosh, we might have to live off the land, who knows? or or I have always thought that maybe God has positioned us in this way in this place so that we could be a refuge. And we already have been a refuge for family members through Covid, um, and you know, friends in the area. We have had many people live on our farm over the the years that we've lived here with us. And you know, my mom's talking about moving here. My husband's family has talked about moving here. Like there is my cousin. Like loads of people have talked about moving to to this area, if not onto our farm. And so selling any land feels like not the right thing to do. And yet, and like wouldn't it be funny if in order to own 40 acres, God had to give us 80 so that we could own 40, you know? Like God works in ways that are different than our ways and they're higher they're better they're not just different as in like weird (laughs) they're higher and better and they're different because we can't see his perspective i only have my perspective right i can only see through my own lens i can only hope to be given just a touch of a glimpse into what god is doing in my life when he chooses to reveal that But I'm also really grateful that he never reveals the whole picture because if he did, I'd be overwhelmed. If he did, I'd be like, oh my gosh, how do I make all that happen in my own strength? And this gentleman I was talking to was talking about glimpses. God gives us glimpses about um, glimpses into what he has for us, glimpses into the promises he's going to keep. And I have to say, I have been given so many glimpses of the life God is going to give to us and they make no sense they make no sense but there is a particular glimpse i call it a godwink but he called it a glimpse of my the house that thomas and i have always wanted to build on our property i know the house it's on my dream board in my room i know the floor plan i, I there's not a day that goes by that i don't think of this house and there have been i could i could tell you stories where god has shown me this this exact house in the moments i have lost hope for it ever coming to pass and i have to say i am more assured that somehow some way god is going to to bring that house into fruition i, I don't i don't know how he's going to do it i can't even imagine actually because in my mind the way the world is going there is no dream house there is no dream house happening right like here i am like we need to pay off everything we don't need to leverage out anymore we need to the small things are going to be the big things. It's not the big things are going to be the things that matter, right? There's an untethering. So I feel like I'm supposed to hold very very open-handedly to this house ever being in my future, and yet I feel like God is continuing to glimpse into my future and show me, like, don't let go of it. Just hold it loosely. Don't let go of it. Just hold it loosely. If you're willing to hold these things loosely... I will be willing to show them to you in the future. That's like this this message I'm getting from God, but, but I know my desire is to hold tightly, right? That's my human nature is to hold tightly, or worse, to try to do it in my own strength. And this is why I'm glad God never reveals the whole picture all at once for me, because if he showed me what he's gonna do, I would be so tempted to do it in my own strength or to manifest it in my own time, with my own means, and I do believe that God is like, if you do that, I'll let you, I'll let you force it, I'll let you make it, I'll let you struggle to try to get there, but it's not gonna look like the way that I had for you. This is the beauty of God, right? He always gives us what we want. In the end, if our desire is to be separated from God for eternity, he will give us that. It is not his heart that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to end up separated from him for eternity. But if that's our wish, he wants what we want. That's the end. He wants what we want, right? He will give us what we want, even to our own demise. And so if he showed me, The whole picture, I would be tempted to make it happen in my own strength, and he would give it to me. He would let me struggle my way to whatever I thought, even to my own demise. And so he's asking me, and I think he's asking you to hold loosely to the things that we think. Our promises of God, or to the things that we know are promises of God, or to the things that we're not sure are promises of God in our future, right? To the things our heart desires, whatever that might be—titles, or or um, promotions, or businesses, or children, or you know, college educations, or whatever it might be—those things that we just desire so much for ourselves or for our families. I would invite you to hold them with an open hand right now because I feel like God is saying, I want to untether you from all these things of the world so that I can show you the goodness I have planned for you. I want to untether you from all these things of the world so that you can be flexible to move to where I'm calling you, so that you can be flexible to move in the direction that I'm calling you, be it physically Move your family or mentally move your heart posture, right? Or your, your mindset. Um, I don't know, but I feel like there is an untethering. And my husband and I were talking about this and that what if we ended up with just half our farm, but that we owned it, but that was that was the big thing in the end. We thought that the 84 acres was the big thing, but God's going to show us that 40 acres is going to be the big thing. And I was having this same conversation with another friend um, talking about, you know, the blessings of her life, just tremendous abundance and, and how that is is and would be so hard to leave or to move away from or, you know, if if God is calling her out of that, what that would look like and how their family would adjust. And don't get me wrong, like, I know, I walked that. It is hard. It is hard. It is emotional. There is grief. And I also grieve for myself in that because I'm like, gosh, I grieved so much to leave the things of the natural, right? A house. But I am i am somebody who like my house is my heart, right? Like my house is where my life happens. This is where my memories are. Like my house matters. I know it's a thing of the world. I know it's like physical and tangible. And like I've walked with one of my very best friends, her house burning to the ground. <laughs> and I know that like it's things, right? Like we can, we can sit my friend and I in a hotel room as her house is burning down and we can talk about the reality that it's just things and nobody died and thank God for that and you know we can get new things but also truly grieve and mourn the things that are tied to emotion to to memories and emotions and I mean things are wedding dresses things are baby teeth things are antique dressers from our family you know things are are things that are tied that tie us to the past that tie us to other people you know I, I don't mean to minimize things we can still we can say things are things and still mourn for the loss of things you know we can do that at the same time but I I feel like God is telling us untether it's okay to grieve as you untether it's okay to you know mourn leaving things behind or even being willing to leave things behind. But I do believe that in the end, as we walk through this craziness that might might come to pass, like the hardship that might befall our country or our globe, let's be real, the small things will be the big things the 40 acres will be the big thing the you know 2000 square house square foot house instead of the 5 or 6000 square foot house will be the big thing the 1000 square foot house instead of the 2500 square foot house will be the big thing the 1 acre as opposed to the you know cookie cutter lot in suburbia will be the big thing in the end, right? Whatever God is calling you into that you're, you are mourning the loss of something to step into that. I, I feel like there's this revelation happening. My husband feels the same, that that will be the big thing in the end. We want to hold on to what we see is the big thing in the natural right now. We want to hold with an a closed fist to that because we've gotten this far. We have these things. I don't want to let these things go. I don't want to take a step back. I remember when I was leaving San Diego, this was before I was a believer, God. But guys, but I could see how God was working in my life even before I was a believer. I had three going away parties when I was leaving San Diego. <laughs> I went down to San Diego for college and I... I was there for 4 years and my after college I was planning to move home but I was um you know I had established a life there at the end of 4 years of college I had a boyfriend a relationship there and um I when the time came to leave I had a going away party and then I didn't leave <laughs> I stayed and I I didn't really have a plan and I I lived for, over the course of that summer after I graduated at like so many places, like I was just kind of jumping around. um, And oh, that's I actually went to Europe and then came back and then I jumped around um, and didn't really have a place to live. I was kind of couch hopping. I was thinking about this yesterday in the shower because I do all my best reflecting and praying in the shower. And God brought this season back to my mind where I I remember like I had one friend who had a truck. And the only thing I had to my name at that point was like my clothes and my mattress. I owned my mattress. And like, that's all, like I sold all my furniture. I didn't even, I, you know, like you're renting a room. So like what furniture do you even have? Right. So like I have my mattress and I would ask him, can you move my mattress to like my new home? And I lived in people's houses for months or weeks at a time. This is so funny that this is my life, that this was a season I went through and I would prop my mattress up against the wall of whatever room, oftentimes like a living room or a dining room. I lived in people's houses and I would just you know, sleep on it at night and then prop it up against the wall in the day and like move on to the next place who would have me. Um, for, for months I lived this way. And the reason why I thought of this is I thought about it through the lens of my mom. Like, did my mom know that I was like just living on people's floors, you know, like what on earth was I even doing with my life? And at the end of all that, I thought, okay, my relationship fell apart and I'm like, you know what I do. I just need to go home. Like this can't, I can't keep doing this. So I had a second going away party. And then I had the same crisis. It was like, I can't go. I can't leave. You guys, this ended up in two years post-college, jumping around. And one, I did spend one year, or no, gosh, about eight months under a lease, where I did finally sign a lease and just like lived there. Okay, I'm gonna stay here. But ultimately, I didn't even stay through the entirety of my lease because I knew I need to go home. And I look back on the season and I think, The reason why I kept not going home and, you know, kept staying after I'd have this going away party, then I'd just like find some other place to stay and I wouldn't go home is because I felt like I'd rather, I remember saying this to my friend, I'd rather stand still than take a step backwards. I'd rather stand still than take a step backwards. Now, we know the adage is sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. I just rejected that. I was like, absolutely not. I refuse to take a step back. I would rather just stand still than step backwards. And I viewed, silly me, in my natural perspective, I viewed moving home as a step backwards somehow. I just couldn't in my mind think of that as a step forward. I just could not imagine a scenario. This is my non-believer perspective. There is no scenario where moving back home is a step forward. <laughs> there's just no way, because I know what is back home. Nothing, there's no one there. There's no friends there. There's no possibility there. It's a small town, there's nothing for me there. I live in San Diego now, it's huge. I can't go back to a tiny town in Northern California. There's nothing for me there. there. That is a step back, and I would rather stand still than step back. You guys, I stood still for two years in my life, jumping around Moving all around people's living rooms and, and just, that was such a rough time in my life. I was so lost in the world. And if you've ever gone through, you know, 12 years of school, graduate high school, then go into college directly, then come out of college and not go to higher education and try to adult, that is some of the darkest time. You know, I know that it's not just me. Like the the early 20s is some of the hardest time for people to walk through. You don't know, like you've always been handed a schedule. People are like, if you just show up to class and you, you know, give your best effort, you can go home at Christmas and tell all your mom's friends oh yeah, I'm in my junior year of college or I'm doing this or whatever. You have something to report. But when you're 22 and you're just like serving tables, you have nothing. You have nothing to report. You feel like you're not moving forward in your life at all. It was me. That was me. Just this two years of wandering and having no idea what to do and trying to be an adult and trying to be a performer because that's what I had studied my whole life was how to be an actor. So I'm like trying to, you know, be an actor and like get gigs and jobs and just not feeling like it matters or that it was meaningful and knowing like I know like I know that if I go home that is a step backwards I held so tightly talk about a closed fist I held so tightly to what I thought I knew and what I thought was my future and what I thought was the biggest and the best thing I just held so tightly and what do you know when I finally surrendered and said okay and I wasn't surrendering to God I promise you that because I did not believe in God but I was surrendering to, okay, maybe there's something, I don't know. Or maybe I just have to go home for a season, I don't know. But I'm going to go home. Once I opened my fist and moved home, I remember very clearly my sister had just turned 21. We went to Vegas and celebrated her 21st birthday and got home after that weekend. And I drove home on that Monday and I sat in my mom's house that Monday and that Tuesday of that week. And I cried and cried and cried because I could not imagine that there was something better for me moving in that direction I thought my whole life is happening in San Diego my all my friends everything I know everything I love the beach every part of the life that I've been living the last six years is some other place and now I'm back here now I'm in a place I don't want to be and I don't know why lord I wasn't pleading to the lord I don't know why I'm here. And I cried for like 24 hours straight. And then that Thursday of that week, nope, that Friday of that week, (laughs) I went on a date with a guy from my hometown who had just moved back to that same hometown named Thomas Cunningham. That same week, I went on a date with a guy who became my husband. And my whole life pivoted and everything that was good and everything that I had, I could never have guessed was in front of me, was there in the place that I thought was moving backwards, in the place I did not understand I was being called to, in the place I did not know why I was stepping into. I could not see, not one thing, I could not see in the natural what would be there for me or how that would be my future. I felt like that was my past and yet... It took a, not even a week before this door was opened to everything good about my future and all of the things that have come from that. Three beautiful children and, all you know, my 14-year marriage as of May. I'll be married for 14 years. Thank God for the things I can't see. Thank God that I was willing to untether so that I could even find God in that. That was my first step towards God. Surrendering was my first step step towards salvation. Are you kidding? Right? how good is that? Like, I don't even know why God, well, now I know why God brought that to my memory of that season of my life of, of holding so desperately to what I thought I knew I wanted in the natural. And I felt this prompting to the fact that I had three going away parties before I left on the third. I was so very clearly being directed in a certain direction and me in the natural was closed fist fighting, kicking and screaming, no Lord, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do it. And yet As soon as I stepped into it, there was something so much better for me there. As soon as I surrendered to the the calling on my heart, the thing I knew I was being directed towards, all the doors opened for me. You guys, there is a great untethering and I would invite you into that untethering. What are the things that you know you are holding to with a closed fist and how can you loosen those knuckles and just say, Lord, okay. I don't know if you're calling this away from me because just, just because you're close fisting it doesn't mean that he's going to take it away from you if you open your, your hand, right? It doesn't mean that he's going to call you away from it. But I just would invite you to untether yourself from anything of the natural right now, anything that that you have built in your own strength, anything that you feel that tug like, Lord, please don't take this or please don't call me there, or, please don't do that thing. I just invite you to untether from that um, that. Natural desire to hold tightly and see what he's going to do. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, thank you so much for that recollection in the moment to just bring back a season of my life that so greatly illustrated what you've been trying to show me over the last weeks and months, just this untethering, Lord, and how that blessed me in the past, Lord. I'm so grateful that I was able to just share that, and I hope that it blesses somebody who hears it, that there is just a thing you're trying to do. And even though we perceive it sometimes as you taking something away or you directing us away from something that we love, Lord, you're moving us towards something that we're going to love even more, something that's going to be so much better for us in the long run, Lord. I just pray for us to seek you and to be willing to untether from any of those things. And Lord, we just know that you're going to do the revelation. Show us what it is. Show us what we need to surrender. We ask these things in your Son's name. Amen.